What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Filipinos of Montreal podcast, Filipino Heritage Month series. I'm Terry. And I'm Shari. And today we have with us John Magtibay. Hey, hello. <laughs> Dude, how, how are you? I think the last time I saw you, you were a groomsman at Jesse's wedding. I think that's the last time I saw you. Saw you. Yes, it was about three, three years ago. Has it been already? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, three or four years ago. Four, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> long, a long time. Oh, it's just pointing at four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yo, uh, before getting into the interesting <clears throat> questions we have before us, I have one random question to ask you guys. What's your favorite flavor of chips? Let's go. Ooh. Ooh. Serious. <laughs> I just discovered honey mustard chips. It's that- so good. With guac. <laughs> That's which, all I have to say. <laughs> which uh, which company or brand? Which brand? Um, I forget the one that my sister buys, but uh, Miss Vicky's also has it. So <laughs> this is not a plug. I'm not getting sponsored <laughs> for this, but it's so good. <laughs> what about you, John? Um, well, actually, like, well, we've been eating a lot of uh, like chips during this pandemic. We've actually bought a lot in the grocery. <laughs> we thought, oh, what if there's no more? Uh, so. We've been trying a lot of different flavors, but the actual one that I like the most is uh, just regular flavor, actually. Just like, just that salt, salty flavor. Okay. And then uh, nothing too crazy. And I think it's just, <laughs> it goes well with that Coke, so. Yeah, you need Coke. I think you need soft drinks after chips. <laughs> for me, it's uh, classic. For me, it's uh, Ruffles, um, sour cream and onion, or Tostitos with cheese dip. And I've been, it's really bad for me, but I can't stop sometimes. Especially when you're Netflix binging and you realize Oof. you ate the whole bag. Oh, yes. <laughs> Y'all can really? Yeah. <laughs> Yum. Now I want chips. Um, thanks again, John, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. We know, we, we know you're, very, um, you're very busy. You are a nurse, right? Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm a nurse. I, uh, I work in the pediatric ICU at the Montreal Children's Hospital. I do 12-hour shifts. Um, and yeah, it's been crazy hectic at work, especially during this time of pandemic. Um, our unit has actually been um, designated as one of the COVID units uh, in Montreal. So um, there's not a lot of ICU beds uh, across uh, Quebec. So if there's uh, a shortage of ICU beds in the Royal Victoria Hospital, they would send us uh, patients. And we've had a couple. We haven't had a lot, but we had a couple. Um, and so we had needed to make a lot of changes um, in our unit um, to, to be able to make that happen, to be able to be ready in case you know, we would be receiving adult patients. Um, it's, uh, very fortunate that, you know, we don't see a lot of, uh, pediatric cases who are positive with COVID who need ICU. Um, but it was still kind of hectic. And at the same time, um, I had a concussion <laughs> around uh, wow. February. So like at the beginning of this pandemic, um, I had a little accident at home. Um, I was walking down the stairs. I had my daughter actually with me. Thank God she was on a car seat. So car seat protects guys. Um, and yeah, it was like the last, <laughs> it was the last, no, it's not a, a laughing matter. It's yeah. funny now because 
yeah, it kind of feel like a stupid accident, but you know, it's accidents are accidents. They're not planned or anything. But um, yeah, I was carrying my daughter with me and then I fell the last five few steps. I needed to be brought to a hospital by ambulance and all that. But thank God everything is fine. I was just having like some headaches afterwards. So that affected my my life as a like a husband and father at home and also at my work in the hospital. So I had to uh, be reassigned to like some tasks and um, it kind of brought me to like different organizational uh, tasks that we we had to do for changes in my, in my unit and so I wasn't like um, what was it in the beginning I wasn't pushed into the the whole COVID uh, patient situation because I also had um, experience with the uh, adult patients and be- before mm. Um, and so I was one of the ones who, whom they would pull to take care of adult patients. But eventually, started getting better, and I started to come back gradually to work more and more. And yeah, so now I'm back to like doing 12-hour shifts, doing night shifts. But above all that, you know, I'm I'm still very grateful that uh, I have a job to go through, or like I'm not laid off. That uh, I still have. Um, a continuous source of income for to you know to be able to provide for my family so yeah um, and like what we heard <laughs> oh, sure and like like what we heard earlier um i think that was your daughter in the background and as you mentioned um like being a father and all that like thank you for your service because you know having to like separate separate your time between work family and all that so yeah Thank you on behalf of all of us for your service. I'm really happy that you're healthy again. So yeah, that too. (laughs) I'm I'm glad actually. I've been a little impatient on when I would be going back to like when I would feel normal again. I'm I'm thankful that uh, I'm recovering. Yes. Yeah, good to hear. Um, Wanted to know very quickly. um, You were you raised here? I know you're not born here. Hmm. Can you tell us ab- about your upbringing a bit? Sure. So um, I was actually born in Saudi Arabia. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> My parents okay. were working there. Um, and then uh, within the year that I was born, there was a big war that was happening there. So that's why uh, we moved back uh, to the Philippines. So that's where uh, I spent my childhood until I was 10. Um, and then uh, we moved here in, uh, in Montreal. And it was a big uh, culture shock. There was a lot of uh, people who didn't look like me, uh, <laughs> who spoke um, like English plus French. And yeah, it was a big, it was a big, uh, it was a big culture shock. Um, but we had some family here, like uh, my mom has uh, her cousins here, whom she lived with before. Um, and so, you know, I have a lot of cousins whom uh, I, uh, I met for the first time and uh, that helped me um, integrate or adapt into the life mm. uh, here in Montreal, yeah. And besides family, how um, was the Filipino culture like manifested in your life growing up? You know, actually, it's interesting that you, you asked that because I think before coming here, I've never thought about it like you know when when I grew up in the Philippines I was just you know I'm a Filipino in the Philippines surrounded by (laughs) college speaking people so I didn't feel any different but I think um, when I started going to school 
So I went to a welcoming school and I met people from different cultures or speaking different languages. That's when I started to become more aware that, oh, I am Filipino. I'm not from the Philippines. I speak a different language. I speak Filipino. Um, and that made me more um, aware of, of who I am and my background and, uh, and where I came from. Nice. Was there, an, like, was there ever a time where um, uh, you were faced with like discrimination or like, um, you know, uh, I hear a lot uh, from people who uh, immigrate to Canada where, you know, part of their uh, integration process or like assimilating process is like denouncing that they're Filipino. Like, did you mm -hmm. ever go through that phase as well? Mm, I'll say yes and no. Like, because I think because I'm more like lighter skinned and my eyes are more like sm are smaller so people would always assume that i am like chinese or filipino uh, not filipino or japanese or korean you know anything other than <laughs> Filipino. um and i thought it was weird because sometimes i would just meet strangers who would be like speaking chinese to me and i'm like oh no i'm sorry i'm filipino so i i don't think i really went through something like that yeah i i don't think so um I guess I was unfortunate not to have, have met uh, people who, uh, who who would do that, um, but I don't have any specific memory of uh, encountering something like that. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's might be because because um, my mom when she lived here before we arrived, my family, uh, she lived here in the in the Plamondon area. Okay, um, and so. I guess she she didn't want us to live here because of um there was a lot of like um gang influence for like the younger ones and she wanted to take us away from that so we actually lived on the border of uh TMR. Oh. Uh, so I went to school in uh Ecole Secondaire Mont-Royal um where um I I only had like very few um like Filipino friends um, and it wasn't actually until I uh, I was invited to join uh, a youth camp uh, for um, this group called uh, CFC Youth yeah. um, that I met like the whole um, Filipino bunch. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned how you um, you said you you said like your mom didn't want you guys to live here as in like Plamondon and so yeah. now you live in the Plamondon Yes. Plamondon area right yeah. so do you share the same sentiments as your mom like now that you you have your own family and like raising your family in that mm -hmm. area well I think times might, might have been different back then as well oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I arrived here in 2001 um, so living here and just like the stereotypes of like growing up yeah in exactly Filipino centered area yeah like I think when when we arrived here I had the the impression that this area wasn't safe um you know because that was the um the picture i think that my mom uh, had painted us a little bit um but uh like you know when I, when i got older and i actually moved and got my own apartment in uh in the kent van horn area um it was not too bad um there's a, a there's a variety of um of people there's a big concentration of filipino uh residents and um 
I actually kind of like it because, you know, there's a lot of, like, I'm, I'm so close to the Filipino stores where I can get like Filipino products and, uh, just enjoy, um, you know, Filipino snacks and all that. So <laughs> yeah. Favorite Filipino snack. Your Filipino snack. Oh my gosh. Man. Oh man. <laughs> Did you see the panic in his eyes? <laughs> chocolate sky flakes. The one, the oh, chocolate inside? oh yeah. Oh. Oh, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of like a cheapskate. So. <laughs> I uh, I go for the cheap ones that are good. So Ding Dong, they usually sell for under a dollar, and so you can buy a lot and uh, <laughs> munch on it. I like how we're just like promoting a bunch of things. Right <laughs> but, hey, uh, did you want it? Did you yeah, want I was. Add anything? I was curious. You mentioned that uh, that's when you joined uh, CFC. That you really uh, got you know more involved in Filipino culture. Uh, how did that feel for you, seeing more people that were more like you? Uh, were you able to connect quickly, more deeper? How were you, do you, are you, do you have more friends in that, uh, from that community per se? Or how, how did that kind of evolve or grow? Joining the, uh, the community, because I was a very shy teenager. Um, but uh, this was a community that was very welcoming. Um, and so they always invited me to the hangouts and... Um, and uh, I think what was great was also when uh, we would just hang out at like each other's homes um, and we would watch like Filipino movies or uh, be doing like karaoke. Um, so it didn't feel like far from home, okay. like far from the Philippines because I was surrounded with like Filipino friends. Um, and I think, yeah, at the same time, it, it, it's what helped me, um, adapt more, integrate more in, in my life here, uh, in Montreal. Mm. Uh, it made it uh, a bit more easier, but it also, you know, because I'm always like a person of like a curious nature. So, um, in high school, um, because I didn't have a lot of, um, Filipino friends, um, I had uh, like friends from like Cambodia, from Korea, from Japan. And so I was also like exposed to like the different cultures and it made me appreciate like other culture, but also appreciate my culture even more um, in that, oh, well, we also have something that, uh, that you know, like, that we can be proud of when com comparing to, you know, other cultures. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice to hear, honestly. So, um, can I ask one quick question? Sorry. Yeah, so, go, go, go. when I say the word Filipino, what's three things that come to mind? The first three things. I'm curious. Oof. <laughs> um, food. <laughs> food. <laughs> um, happy. Yeah. And uh, hope. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say late. I'm like, that works too. But no, hope's good. <laughs> <laughs> So. Nice. I like those. Those are new. We don't get those, Terry. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. And it's true. Um, I wanted to go back to the nurse, the okay. nurse John. Um, right. Did you always want to be a nurse? You know how like some of us, I think maybe one child per family is asked to be a nurse. Um, <laughs> or a doctor or an engineer. A doctor. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, did you always want to be a nurse? Were you forced into it? Mm. Well, my mom uh, actually graduated in midwifery. Oh. Um, and when she was working in Saudi, she was a nurse. So I think as a, 
as a person, like because of um, like who she grew up and uh, and her educational background, like my mom is like a very caring person. Um, so within our family, she's the one who's always asked to like care for someone. Um, and that's something that I admired uh, of her. Um, and it's something that I wanted to take like for myself, like if there's something like a trait that I, I, I would like to, um, or I would choose to inherit from my mom, it's, it's that caring nature. Um, and, and yeah, so like my mom, just like a little backstory, um, she left the Philippines uh, when she was like uh, in her late teens, I think 19 or 20, to go work in Saudi Arabia. Um, and then afterwards, she worked in Taiwan, and eventually she ended up here in the Philippines, in Montreal. Um, and a lot of her job is in the, the caring nature. So she was uh, caring for seniors. She ended up working in homes as a caregiver, uh, caring for families, caring for children. Um, and I think just that just um, made me admire my mom so much because, uh, you know, she had to sacrifice leaving her family uh, to take care of others so, she, so that in return she can take care of us. And uh, when we were eventually reunited with my mom here, I, I told myself like, oh, I want, I want to do the same like my mom. Um, and so I think naturally I ended up in the nursing career, not because of the whole like, oh, you're Filipino, so you should be a nurse. But I think in my opinion, nursing is the one that is, that is able to, to touch um, like different parts of the lives of a human being um, and, and able to like uh, provide care or provide, um, yeah, prov to provide care. Because uh, it's not like just a specific thing, but it's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what that's something that um, pull, pulled me in uh, in the nursing um, field. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing. And like, um, because I I know John personally, and I and it, it just makes sense that that's what attracted you to nursing. Um, and I I can honestly say that you are also like a nurse outside of the hospital too like I you're very caring towards other and you look out for one another like, like other people so I was gonna say I, yeah. I feel like a selfless energy from you I don't know you that well I met you maybe once ever but that's what I get but uh it's interesting Agreed. right like we talk about how our parents who came here to give us a better life it, you know it was only recently that i realized they really stepped away from their own comfort zone to come here and risk it for for us and just yeah. maybe really appreciate and respect that they did that yeah and it's a, i think that's a very hard thing to do like i can't imagine being able to leave my wife and my daughter to go somewhere else mm -hmm. um like in my nursing career i actually had plans to uh, work up north like wow. when i was still single um, but then now that I have a daughter and I have a wife, like, I can't imagine, um, pulling myself away from them, you know? So I really, uh, appreciate what my, my mom and my dad uh, did for our family and for all the other parents who had to leave their, mm -hmm. their family. Yeah. We're fortunate. We're all fortunate. So <laughs> what I wanted to know now is kind of, um, What's your favorite part about Filipino culture? And also now as a father, 
which aspect of Filipino culture you think is important to pass on? Well, what I really appreciate a lot uh, in the Filipino culture is the values that we have. So having that respect for others, for example, um, like, you know, how we uh, do mano, like to our, our parents, like as a sign of respect, um, or to the older ones, um, and even doing saying like the po and opo. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things that I would like my daughter to, to learn um, because it goes a long way, you know, having respect um, to others. Um, and I think that's one of just, this, this just one of the ways um, in how we can make the world a better place um, is to have uh, respect for, for, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Top answer. I know. <laughs> Top answer. <laughs> I'm curious to know now too, John, like what's, what's happiness to you? The word happiness, what does that mean to you? The word happiness. Yeah, it's well, a big question. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, I'm thinking about it now, but I think it might be cheesy, but a simple answer is um, my happiness is shared with my, my wife's and my daughter's happiness. So as long as they're happy, then I'm also happy. Um, one of the greatest lessons I've learned in parenthood is that, you know, children are very precious. In the beginning of our like family, actually, I don't know if this is more of a, a story that my wife is to tell, but <laughs> when, you know, when, when she was pregnant, when we found out she was pregnant, um, and we, we actually, before we found out she was pregnant, she was having some pains. And so we went to the hospital um after having a positive um, pregnancy test um and she would be like around six weeks around that time like it, counting her her last menstrual period um and we went to uh, see the doctor and then they told us that um and she did like blood tests ultrasound and they told us that she's having a miscarriage oh so it came to a great shock for us because you know it was our first time um to conceive it was the first time to like you know uh, be pregnant and all that um and so that made us very sad um but when we spoke to her family doctor you know he reassured us like you know maybe it was just a misdiagnosis because it, it happens a lot um in in you know in pregnancy and all that um and so we went a, a week later um, and we had the same test done again. And then they said, oh, well, you know, after all, you have a baby. And we were confused at that time. Um, we didn't know if we would be happy or is this like just a false hope that they're giving us. But, you know, we were, you know, we, we eventually accepted that fact and we, we slowly, we were, we slowly learned to be joyful with the pregnancy or knowing that, oh, we have a child that is growing in, in her, uh, in her uterus. Um, but this whole pregnancy, we were like nervous and excited at the same time. But I think we were also very nervous that like, oh, what if something happens? But I think the lesson we learned from that is that every life is precious. And so, you know, we were blessed enough to be able to conceive right away after our marriage. Because um, we know like other couples whom it takes them years um, before they're able to conceive or 
um, some are some don't even you know uh, some are not even able to conceive and so for us to be able to be blessed with a daughter you know we're we're very um, grateful um, and we're very we're, yeah we're very thankful uh, in that um, and so you know just to wrap it up I when I see my daughter smiling um, that makes me happy this makes me joyful inside because I know that what we're doing right now is you know is good you know but we're able to make her smile like that so um so yeah that's that's my definition of happiness um, <laughs> my daughter and my wife are happy then i'm happy as well that's great you like you, you answered my Damn. next question too which was uh <laughs> hey what was like a great lesson you learned in your life and you shared that experience but dude like for a person of your nature you have wisdom and i feel like you have a lot of depth to your soul what inspires you or where, where do you draw your energy from? Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think having uh, faith helps a lot. Like I, I, was, I was born Catholic, but it wasn't only until um, I was uh, introduced into the Couples for Christ community that I was able to um, have like a deeper relationship with God. And I think having faith helps me um, have reassurance that whatever happens in my life, um, that God is there to, um, you know, to help me, uh, that God will, will be there to help me take care of my family. Um, so yeah, I think having faith uh, helps a lot. Oh, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, John. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you ready for the yeah hey um so, it seems like john's ready i think so too <laughs> so we're gonna move on to a segment called fastball questions so basically john you have 60 seconds to answer as many questions as possible we're gonna start as soon as shari hits her buzzer right okay, let me just uh, test it you guys hear that that was good okay count us down okay ready set <laughs> First Tagalog word that comes to mind. Huh? I know. <laughs> Favorite Filipino food. Palabok. Go-to karaoke song. Oh. The, the, the old school sappy ones. I can't think of a... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Favorite spot in Montreal. Um, Mount Royal Park. Name a Filipino dish that starts with the first letter of your first name. Oof. J? Yeah. Hard. I don't think there's anything with Jay. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, we'll skip Jeff? that one. I don't know. <laughs> What's the first thing you think about when I say greatest of all time? Ten seconds. Greatest love of all time? L Langonisa or Tocino? <laughs> ah, Tocino. Favorite old school jam? Oh, 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 I don't know. I'm not good with titles. All good. <laughs> Give him the last question, though. Okay. Give him the last question. The last question. This is Shari's question, by the way. Okay. Spell, your, spell your last name backwards. Y-A-B-I-T. Did I spell it right? G-A-M? Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I don't even it's know too bad how. the timer's done, but that was pretty impressive. <laughs> Yo, John, thank, thanks so much. Maybe his greatest love of all time. Yeah. <laughs> That's a first. I like it. It's original. Yeah, me too. 
Yo, before we uh, close out, is there anybody or is there an organization you want to give a shout out to? Um, well, actually, I would want to give a shout out or make give awareness to um, this organization within the Couples for Christ um, community. is It's called ANCOP. So it stands for Answering the Cry of the Poor. Um, and they're doing a big fundraiser right now, actually. Um, and the funds raised would be used to um, either help people build homes or um, send like children to school. Um, and I know they work a lot in communities in the Philippines, but they're also um, present in countries like India and a couple of uh, um, countries in Africa. So um, yeah, so you can just go to like ancop.ca. Oh, actually, I'm not sure about the website. I'm really bad, <laughs> uh, but you can Google ancop Canada uh, okay. and uh, learn more about them. We'll definitely. So we'll find, we'll, yeah, we'll find the link to that and we'll put it in the description. Yeah, for our captions. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, guys, thank you again for today. On behalf of Filipinos of Montreal, we out.